Hello and welcome to Here Now, a Whitechapel Gallery podcast that delves into the stories behind the exhibitions on view at the gallery here in the heart of East London. Each episode invites a curator to be in conversation with artists, collaborators and other thinkers about the works and themes explored in the displays, giving you special access to the ideas that shape the artworks. My name is Jane Scarth, Curator of Public Programmes, introducing you to today's episode featuring curator Emily Butler in conversation with artist Carlos Bunga in the context of his first major UK commission, Something Necessary and Useful. Here they discuss Bunga's monumental sculptures made from everyday materials, the American Shaker movement and the relationship between bodies, physical space and time. This exhibition was on display in Gallery 2 from the 21st of January to the 13th of September 2020. My name's Emily Butler and I'm a curator at the Whitechapel Gallery. I'm delighted to be in conversation with Portuguese artist Carlos Bunga over Zoom just after the close of his first major UK commission at Whitechapel Gallery. Carlos Bunga was born in Porto in 1976 and his work speaks of his family's experience of displacement, having emigrated to Portugal as a result of the Angolan Civil War. He creates remarkable works that explore cycles of construction and destruction, mutating cities and our bodily relation to different architectures. For his installation at the gallery, he produced a monumental building that filled the space of Gallery 2, made entirely of card and tape. Gallery 2 is where we host our commissions programme, which is a prestigious series of site-specific works by leading international artists that responds to the architecture and history of the Whitechapel and unfold over the duration of several months. Carlos Bunga created here an imaginary space in two parts, painted two different colours. The white side, painted the same colours as space's towering columns, seemed almost to mirror the existing Victorian architecture. And the other side was painted a kind of pastel blue-green, a colour reminiscent of the external household paints of his native Portugal. It was a large curved area that created a nave-like corridor in the centre of the space. Colour is important to Bunga as he initially trained as a painter. The installation was also filled with items necessary for everyday life. For example, chairs, furniture, tools, and objects that were not simply placed, but were presented by the artist in an unusual way. They were painted or hung, sometimes upturned, on a giant peg rail that encircled the space. Bunga is renowned for large-scale architectural interventions made in card. They are imaginary architectures in the sense that he sees his work as a projection of ideas, of a possible future, whilst also referring to an existing past, the fabric of a building, and in our case, also vintage furniture and domestic objects. He invites the viewers on this journey as forming the link between past and future as they inhabit it in the present. His installations are emotive. The relation to the body is very important. He makes all the structures by hand to the scale of his own body. As a viewer, we're impressed by different scales and also the tactile, relatable, simple nature of the material he uses. So, Carlos, can you tell us what the source of inspiration was uh, for the Whitechapel Commission and how this relates to your interest in the relationship of architecture and the body? 
Yes. Um, uh, two years ago, I traveled to London uh, for the first time to visit the gallery. That first trip was very inspiring for me. Uh, the gallery uh, was not like a, a white cube. Um, and, uh, and I feel that is, I feel a lot of uh, stories and memory in that space. Um, uh, I feel that that space, you know, I have these, I try to imagine the, all the tables, the chairs, and also bodies reading and studying that space. And uh, I feel it was a place full of ghosts. Uh, I talk about ghosts because that helped me a lot to think about the project. Uh, that helped me to connect the body also with the memory and absence. Uh, I think that uh, it, it, is, it also inspired me a lot to walk also around the, um, the neighborhood uh, and see, uh, see and feel the generation of immigrants from different parts of the world, and the artisans, uh, the small markets that still exist, uh, contrasts with a big gentrification um, that transformed the whole area. That was so important also for the concept of the project. And uh, that gentrification for me means lost stories and write a new story. No? Um, um, I really think for me the cities uh, are a kind of um, uh, a big model that can be manipulated. And uh, I really think that we live in a very ruined and exiled uh, society. And can you talk a little bit about this idea of contrast? Because you've talked about your structure almost being in two parts. And you're yes. talking about it reflecting a little bit what's going on outside the building. So the contrast yes, between... I think yeah, the gentrific when I walk all uh, outside the neighborhood for me it was very impressive. The what I saw there, I feel this gentrification so aggressive in some points. And in the other side, where we we have the gallery, the neighborhood is the old story in some point. Is the new and the 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 old story. And these two contrasts helped me a lot to think in the project, and to and I decided to make two buildings, two construction inside of the, um, the gallery. To, and, and with that, I tried to bring that energy, that tension inside of the, the, the gallery, because I really want this project could be a kind of a mirror of what's happened outside. And you also made an interesting short video performance piece um, as a result of your commission here at the gallery, which is called Domestic Revolution, where you walked all the way around the neighborhood, around the Whitechapel. And in mm. a way, that video also captures these contrasts and this gentrification in the neighbor neighboring area. Carlos, I wanted to ask you, you often work with card and tape, and I wanted to for you to explain what interests you in working with these very immediate and everyday materials? I'm very interested in using materials that connect us with life. I really think that the material, the cardboard, is something that can for the real world in some points. Very simple, banal. It's very easy to found it. I think it's a material that is 
uh, in some point, uh, part of our lives, you know. Um, and for me, when uh, I've been in university and uh, I started painting, and uh, I'm very frustrated with my paintings. And then I start also look for the old buildings and the buildings who collapse. And for me, it was a little bit frustrated. Try to um, to to create that situation of demolition or the situation of old buildings in the real space. And because of that I I start to use uh, very easy materials like cardboard, plastic, papers because it was very easy to manipulate it. And uh, and with that I feel that with the very simple gesture with this simple material of cardboard we can create a new world and I can make a kind of a metaphor of that fragility where I found in the space uh, outside in some point. So you're saying how, for example, you're, you're bringing a ready-made object outside into real life and it disappears. But exactly. on the other hand, there's this idea of the urban landscape in itself being like a ready-made. And so what you're trying to do in your practice is to bring this back into the gallery space and you know, um, trying to capture this transience and the shifting urban landscape in your installations. Yes, I think I think in, uh, I try to bring to the um, to inside of the space this concept, but in a very abstract way. My idea never been to make a kind of a representation about the reality, but it's more to take care about the concepts, memory, uh, time, space. All these concepts for me was very interesting to work with and to bring to the space. And my installations actually always, you can feel that it's always present this kind of abstraction in a very proposal way. Uh, I'm not interested to make that this very precise window, door, um, is really a kind of more uh, in a very abstract that you can feel, when you see, you can feel that, but it was not like a representation of a reality. It's more a kind of a suggestion about mm. that, that space. And really, my work, I really think, talks a lot about concepts. Try to bring that energies, but never try to make a kind of a representation, a copy of the reality. The installation is called Something Necessary and Useful. And it's drawn from a quote uh, by the Shaker community, which was a 19th century US um, community that lived simply. And they were precursors in a way of kind of, you know, minimalist furniture and interior design. And one of their maxims was famously, don't make anything unless it's both necessary and useful. And if it is, don't hesitate to make it beautiful. I understand you were drawn to the idea of um, stripping architecture and objects and things to their most essential form, questioning what is important. But as we were saying just now, it's also about like this idea of projecting a possibility into them. Uh, so the shakers projected their faith, for example, into their beautifully crafted objects. And you talk about your installations as referring to a possible future. Can you tell us a little bit more about your interest in the Shakers for the Whitechapel Gallery? In Whitechapel Public uh, Library, there used to be tables and chairs. Okay? Um, and uh, that is why at some point when uh, I saw and I feel that sensation in the space, I placed domestic objects and tools around the peg rail 
that frames um, the physical space of the show. I want to bring to the project this idea that you are always inside of the house. Um, and um, Shakers, uh, Shakers used the, the paper rail to hang tools, uh, objects, and also furniture like chairs to transform the space depending on their needs. And for me, it was so beautiful that Shakers was that space, transform that space and use that for some many kind of different ways. For example, pray, um, dance, heat, and others. I really think um, uh, Seca's community were very um, advantage for their periods because they also have these advantage notions of gender and racial equality. I love the idea that Seca's were farmers, built their own, uh, own houses, made their own tools and furniture, and following always these principles of utility and simplicity. They are precursors of, uh, you know, minimalist furniture and interior design. If it was um, necessary and useful and beauty, I really feel close to this idea of um, stripping architecture, um, um, uh, objects and, um, and uh, things to their most essential form questioning what is important in life in some point. Uh, it was a community that lived in a very simple way. And also I'm interested in the idea of uh, when they make the objects, they use their hands. I think to use the hands for to create something is part of our essence, the sense of the humanity in some point. Um, that make possible create, I think that make to use hands uh, make possible create beauty uh, using imagination and dreaming. As you were mentioning now, your interest in the Shaco community's approach to what's handmade is something that links, uh, that's kind of a central part of your work, this idea of making the work, uh, something that you make deliberately apparent, you know, the relationship to your body. So when we installed the exhibition, the public was very welcome to walk through the space and to witness it. In the past, you've even demolished uh, your work as a kind of performative action. Uh, for our catalogue, for example, we documented through the time-lapse images the whole of the installation process, which tracks mm -hmm. the labour and the physical reality behind making the work. The installations themselves are very tactile and very physically inviting, and I think that was something that really struck the audience when they came back to see the installation after lockdown, as you were talking about, you know, the Shaker's approach to making beautifully crafted objects. How do you see your personal uh, bodily relationship with and the process of making your work? Um, in my work, the process is really, really important. Always, for me, the process, I try that the process needs to be present in the creative process. Also, I think the creative process is a mix of emotions. Um, I think uh, we don't have answers to, to many of the questions that we have in the process. I really think that if we are more conscious about the process of things or perception, uh, of the, the objects will be totally different. 
because the, that conscience about the process changed how we look for the reality. You know? And in a society where uh, we don't think too much about where come from the objects, I think we have some, some problems. And I really believe and how I work with my installations and in my studio is to put a really strong emphasis in the process. And uh, for this show, for example, and for the first time, uh, the installation process was open to the public. That was in a very proposal way. Uh, I never did that. But for me, it was very important, this project in Whitechapel being talked about Shaker, but also about the process. Open the process to the public. It's a very generous um, attitude, I think, that the people can see something happen in the space. I really want to bring the visitor the possibility to follow the process since the very beginning. So different bodies interact with the installation. Um, the audience circulation, the technicians, the curators, the dancers, uh, and also myself, everybody, also the installation, everybody is there in a kind of this uh, ecosystem and together. Regarding the installation, there are no previous drawings. That is very important to say. I, I don't work with the previous drawings. What I have is the concept in some point, because that it's so important to travel to the first time to make the first visit. And uh, after that, I try to understand the, the, um, the space. Uh, what exists is the concept and some ideas. In this recent space, I make most of the, the decisions. The space is my studio. Uh, is my is a kind of a laboratory and is a exhibition space. Um, I'm interested uh, that it is an open process in permanent dialogue with the story and the memory of the place. Um, I think it's a kind of a, a temporal process. The building where I'm going to perform the intervention is a kind of past. Uh, the installation are, are a kind of a projection of the future. And the present is our body when we go to the space. So there's, whilst there's a kind of uh, conceptual rigor and ideas as you approach the exhibition, there's a real spontaneity, which is also somewhat of a physical spontaneity when you come to realize the exhibition. I suppose talking about changing things and obstacles, um, I want to talk about how the fact that the exhibition was in a space for nor normally of six months, but during three months of this, it, the, it was actually closed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I mentioned this as it affects the initial aims of the project, and it's, it's changed a little bit how the project unfolded. The initial idea was that you wanted to challenge the idea of an exhibition being fixed in space and time. You wanted to come back to the space to cut it and change it. And you also wanted to invite dancers to respond to the structure before and after its transformations. Unfortunately, because of quarantine rules, you were unable to come back uh, to the Whitechapel Gallery. Can you talk us through um, how you adapted your way of working or rethought certain ideas around shifting the physicality of the exhibition and thinking about the dancers' response to it because of the COVID pandemic? And can you explain how we proceeded to change it without you being physically present? That is a very great question. 
and uh, put me to um, think in time the moment when came this uh, pandemic situation. Uh, I was, I did this project with the idea to transform almost three times the installation. Uh, uh, I want this work project to be transformed over the course of the several months. Uh, I want this work to give us the feeling that was alive. That is, in some point, what I was dreaming <laughs> with this project in the beginning, that uh, this installation not was something that we opening and then finishing the end of the exhibition, but it's something that will be in all these months, six months, I think, to be in process of transformation. During the COVID-19, uh, which was a totally unexpected situation for all of us, we live more or less like under house arrest. So the, the house became a kind of prison. And uh, at the same time, the city was a ghost. In this occasion, it, for me, it was very contradictory, the sensations that I've been filled with this pandemic um, when I returned to my house, uh, because uh, I evoked the domestic space and the gallery was being closed by several months. Uh, and, uh, and was empty because of the lockdown, while our houses were more occupied than ever. For me, was very, in the first moment, a kind of frustration, but in another way, was a situation that put me to make a lot of questions. And one of the questions that for me came to my mind was, well, that means also one opportunity to think, you know, a new, a new steps to the, this project. And, um, and uh, after months confined and reflecting on the situation, I decided to make a performance replacing my body with a dancer. That was what I was thinking. Um, it was the first time that the work was disconstructed with uh, uh, without me being present in the space. So it was kind of a big conceptual shift, I suppose, in your practice. And in practical terms, what happened was that um, you sent us some instructions to cut the installation, mm. although you weren't present. Uh, and you sent some instructions for a dancer to perform and a filmmaker to record the dance, the dance performance, um, which we're making into a, a video work. And I suppose this whole, um, there was a whole new direction generally in your work for the Whitechapel Gallery Commission, which was to work closely with other bodies and inviting other dancers uh, to respond to the work. Um, so choreographer Joe Moran was invited uh, to make a dance commission during the course of it. Uh, also, unfortunately, uh, because of the lockdown, we weren't able to um, host the performance that he'd rehearsed, but it was recorded just before the exhibition came to an end behind closed doors. It was recorded for camera and will be released as a film. 
And as you just mentioned, um, you weren't able to travel back. So you invited dancer Dane Hurst to participate with the technicians to cut uh, the installation. And this was also filmed behind closed doors and will be made into a work. Can you talk a bit more about your interest in working with dancers and how um, their performances are now also part of the legacy of the project that exists both as a kind of memory, um, a physical memory of by them, uh, and also as a kind of uh, memory in the sense of being a filmed performance? Yes. In my process, uh, my body, because I make by myself, always is present in the, in the process. Also, uh, in the museum, I start to look for the, the public, how the public walk around these environment installations, and they, I feel, and I feel that the public start to dance in a very conscious way. And that was a very magic moment to have that sensation. Then, uh, in a very natural way, I start to to try to work with the dancers because I want to bring in a very strong way this concept about movement, body and space and architecture. And something that really interests you was this idea of the bodily relation to space, um, challenging the idea of architecture, objects or an exhibition itself being permanent. You wanted to highlight how things change, how things are lost, and you were talking about revealing past energies, you are talking about the term ghosts, for example. After you cut the installation with Dane Hurst, you left the initial traces or the foundations of the initial columns um, visible. And you've also talked about referring to the history of the building when you make your installations. So in a way, I suppose everything did change in the installation, but perhaps not initially in the way that you had planned it. It was a very strange situation for me and sensation, but I really believe in the, to be, when we work, to be a kind of a, um, a open mind uh, process. That means that you need to accept the imprevisible, you know, you need to, to be open to accept this new situation that can help in the process. And then you need to adapt your, uh, your feelings or sensations to these new situations. I don't think that is negative. I think this brings uh, a new challenge, bring, put, you to, put you in the different steps. And for me, always I try to bring, to look for these new situations, like a, a new challenge. And that is amazing because if we don't came this uh, pandemic situation, I will for sure came to London by my, myself and this situation, what's happening now, will not happen. And for me, that is a very positive situation because I feel very happy that this happened and uh, bring a kind of a new energy. And for me, it was very surprised in a very good way in some point. Also, then we have the, um, the documentation that we are editing the video. But without adopt, the people who were able to be physically in space are all privileged ones, in my point of view. Because documentation 
can never, I think, documentation can never replace, replace it, the physical experience of the place, of the moment. Because it was not only a question of to see uh, the one image, it's a question of to feel and to have sensations in that space and in that moment. That makes a very big difference when, for example, we are, when we are in the quarantine and you are to use the Zoom online uh, uh, exhibitions and we are, I think, I really think how, how much more goes the technology, how much the, the technology advances and internet then, most nostalgic we will be in because I really think we need to touch, to have this physical experience is part of our, our, our nature. Uh, it looks interesting to me, and I'm glad that we are documented uh, uh, all the, the events, and I think that that is important. But um, without a doubt, that documentation will always be always a document in fragmented state, uh, where there is almost always something that was missing in that documentation. Um, this absence had become another ghost that came to inhabit the old Whitechapel uh, library and will be uh, in our memories at some point. So we were delighted to host the exhibition, Carlos, and thank you so much for our conversation today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Here Now. You can find all of our other episodes online at www.whitechapelgallery.org. Bye for now.